Greetings, friends and family. This is the weekend of July the 4th. Today is Sunday, July the 5th. And a very happy Independence Day to everyone who's listening today. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to sort of do a survey, if you will, of the Sermon on the Mount. So as we gather as God's people in God's place on the mountain, we will look at this sermon that Jesus preached and look at the teachings and the word of Jesus to us. So as we begin, let me pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be wholly pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. Going to be looking today at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, reading from the NIV. This is the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them in the Beatitudes. And he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So as we approach Matthew chapter 5, this gospel already seems to be moving at an alarming rate. You see, following Jesus' baptism in chapter 4, we see Jesus alone fasting in the desert for, for 40 days and nights, defeating temptation on three occasions, and then finally calling his disciples. Then almost immediately we find droves of people following Jesus. And when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and then he began to speak, and he taught them. We, we know the teachings of Jesus that follow this whirlwind of activity as the Beatitudes, from the Latin word for happiness, or as I have thought incorrectly for years, those extreme teachings of Jesus that begin with blessed are fill in the blank, and that are also probably too numerous and similar to memorize. And, and upon further studying of this, however, that the Beatitudes should be easy to memorize precisely because of the common thread that runs through them. And that thread is humility. And because of the astonishing fact that the one man who could have afforded to be little, a little full of himself was not. Anyway, Jesus is saying here, it is persons who are living in a state of true joy who do not need to puff themselves up. So in order to see why Jesus would think like this, it, let's flash back to, to that chapter four, where we find that, that, that the very human Jesus, a Jesus led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, Matthew four, chap, chapter four, verse one. And we find in this narrative, this story that not the questioning, seemingly hesitant Jesus of the early chapters of Mark, but the Jesus who is tempted. And, and, and we're prone to think that, that humans could be tempted, but certainly not, not God. And, and down through the centuries, the church has proclaimed Jesus to be fully human and fully God, because that is fully correct. 
And the most emphasized part of this claim is that Jesus is is the only human ever to be God because he was fully man and he was fully God. He was he was he was God given, Holy Spirit given. And yet for believers striving for for growth. It is just as important to say that as the quote unquote only human to endure all temptation and emerge sinless, Jesus is the sole human to be quote unquote fully man and to use the language of the early church, the only fully human human who was also fully, fully God. And this is why the the, the, the hinge point of the work of the medieval saint um, Anselm was as important among the early reformers, including Martin Luther, John Calvin, who and, and who played an especially big role in, in the work of John Wesley. And their point is, all of us are called to become fully human. It, it was a universally and, and paradoxically acknowledged, at least up until Wesley, that that all of us share this this job, this task, but that none of us are there yet. And that we cannot be there without an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Spirit led. And since the fall of mankind, of humankind, we are less than fully human, less than we were created to be, which is why we need a Savior, Jesus, fully God. And at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, however, Jesus gives his disciples the keys for for kind of unlocking that gate that leads us back toward the path of, of full personhood. And while we live now in this modern era to, of uh, this era of reason and the ability to reflect upon our own existence and human rights as indicators as of the differences between people and, and, and other parts of creation, Jesus goes in a decidedly different direction. In Matthew's account for Matthew's Jesus, it is crucial that in order for us to be what we are created to be, we focus not on us, on ourselves, but upon developing the strength and security to be vulnerable to a holy God and to other persons through Jesus, enabled by the Holy Spirit. Thus, the, the happy or the blessed are those living already in that state of joy. So the, the happy, the blessed, those living in that state of joy are whether well, the poor in spirit, the mourners, the meek, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. And the persecuted. So the question could come up then is, well, do we have to? Is this a requirement, Jesus? After all, Jesus, fully God and fully human, doesn't use the word saved here, doesn't say you must you must be meek and you must be a peacemaker. Jesus used the word blessed here. And the common usage of this word in Jesus's day conveyed a sense of joy. So for those who consider listening and adhering, obeying to this section of the Sermon on the Mount is somehow optional, just as many have called the sermon's strict warnings against anger and lust and other evil desires impossible without the Holy Spirit. Of course, it is. A simple reading of other sections of Matthew sort of cures us of such a, an easy and cheap way out. In chapter 16, for example, we find that, that humility is not one of many ways to, to a holy God, but the only posture of a follower of Jesus. There again, Jesus addresses his disciples, telling them that he's going to die soon and that he's going to suffer and die in the hands of the religious elite in Jerusalem. But the, but the community of faith, the believers, will live on. 
There's one requirement for membership in this church, however. Jesus tells his disciples that if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's Matthew 16, 24. Being a follower of Jesus is not easy. Then again, unlike the world we live in, faithful Christianity, being a faithful believer has never assumed that the easier life is, quote unquote, the good life. This is not a prosperity gospel. The Jesus we encounter at the Sermon on the Mount is already telling us the way to be blessed. The way to a blessed life is to turn the values of the world upside down. That is, while the world calls us to regularly make sure that our self-esteem balloon is fully inflated, Jesus calls us to be poor in spirit and meek. While the demands of our lives and of the economy may command us to get on to get on with life after a loved one's death, Jesus calls us to take time to mourn. In a warring world where the ability to kill quickly and precisely is valued by nations, Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. Easy? Of course not. Required of Jesus' followers and therefore of persons who desire to be like Jesus, to be truly human? Yeah, absolutely. We are called to be humble. Once again, reading from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down and his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Amen. To conclude today, I want to read to you from Second Chronicles chapter 7. Verses 13 through 14. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and in love. Amen. Go in peace, go in humility, and go in love. God bless.